Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about how to be happier. This week we'll talk about why we should make time for what we do best. And if you experience the common happiness stumbling block of unsuccessfully trying to drink enough water, we have something to help. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature, and I am here in my little home office in New York City, and joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister Elizabeth, my sister, the sage. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and I'm also in my home office, Gretchen, but it is so messy. We've reached new heights here in NC. Ooh, I, I wish I hey, could. You need to come visit. Oh, you know. Don't touch anything till I get there. Like, I love, <laughs> I, we've done your office a couple of times. Yep. So a few announcements before we get started. We are going to do an upcoming very special episode about working, partly to get ready for a hashtag happier Labor Day, which is a catalyst to think about your work life and how you could work more happily, more effectively effectively, more productively, more healthfully. So we're asking for your hacks, your devices, your resources, your know yourself better questions. How do you work more efficiently? What little gizmos or apps do you use that help? Yes. And working from home. How have you, if you're working from home, like how do you work from home well? Yeah. How do you manage working from home and going into the office now that that's all changing? Have you learned anything? Anything that's helped you make the difference in your work life, you know, things like delegation, redirection, and just anything, great advice you've gotten, terrible advice you've gotten. Uh, we want to throw <laughs> it all in, so send it in. And then, yes. listen, we also, people love your, your one-word theme of step. We keep hearing about it. It's amazing. Jillian said, I find it funny that Elizabeth's word of the year, step, is pet spelled backward. And that also seems to be a theme of 2022 for her. Gretchen, how did we not realize this? I know. I know. I mean, it's just, I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, pets is a word of the year for me. Yeah, yeah, right. So you get two for the price of one that way. Um, yes. And, you're living, and, and, and even if you feel like you haven't done enough stepping, you've definitely done a lot of petsing. So, um, yes, yeah. I have. Yeah. So thank you, Jillian, for pointing that out. Yeah, very satisfying. Um, and then in episode 387, we talked about why you might want to make a five senses portrait to bring up memories and associations with somebody who you love. And Marianne had a great suggestion. Yeah, she says, I wanted to share that after listening to your segment about creating a five senses portrait, I immediately knew who I wanted to create this portrait about. My parents have both died in the last six years. My siblings and I miss them dearly and love remembering them in different ways. Our own kids were young when they died and more grandkids have been born who didn't get to meet my parents at all. 
Right after listening to your episode, I started making five senses portraits for each of my parents. I write down three things for each sense. I love that it got me thinking about memories beyond the very first ones that came to mind. I haven't decided exactly how I'm going to share these lists with my siblings, but I'm excited to do so and see what they would add. These portraits are a fun and meaningful way to both reminisce and will be so fun to share with our own kids. What a great idea. What a great idea. And we heard from a couple of people who did this. Which I have to say, this didn't occur to me, but it's obviously a great way to sort of memorialize somebody. Yes. There's a couple things I particularly like about it. First of all, as she said, when you're doing this, at least I found when I was doing it, it kicks up more memories than you sort of get at that top layer. It really helps you sift through the past and maybe identify things that you forgot you remembered that are really that are really fun. I found that the case for myself. And then also, it is really fun to talk about this with other people. Elizabeth, you and I yes. had fun reminiscing about the taste of our childhood. Yes. And it is a really, it's a great structure. Rather than just like, oh, well, what are your favorite memories, which is maybe too vague and makes it hard to actually pull anything up out of the, the lake mm -hmm. of memory. This somehow is more effective, I find. And maybe that's because the senses are particularly tied to memories, especially senses like taste and smell. But yes. I, I think this is a beautiful idea. Yeah, and I think in in remembering someone related to a sense, it's a more visceral memory yes. often, which makes the person feel more present, which is nice if you're missing someone. Right, right. And it might also be that you can let go of things. Like you don't need to keep perfume bottle if you remember the perfume or whatever. It helps you hold on to memories in this way. So thanks so much for the suggestion. I think that's a great, a great twist. Yes. Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is to take time to do what you do best. Yes. So what does that mean exactly, Gretch? Okay. So a question that we all ask ourselves, perhaps now more than ever, is how can we deal effectively with stress? And I read about a study that evaluated the effectiveness of different activities to reduce stress levels among those experiencing a great deal of stress in the past month. And this research was done before COVID, but I think it's, mm -hmm. it's the same things would apply. And what you see is that many activities help relieve stress. And there are things that you would think, things like regularly spending time in nature, exercising, spending time with a pet. But an activity that I thought made sense but wouldn't necessarily have immediately occurred to me was it was very effective to spend time doing what one does best. So the research showed that when people spent time using their strengths, they were less likely to report worry or stress. Interesting. It is so interesting. So I wonder what kind of things would this be like in your life? Yeah. Does this apply and what would it be? Well, it's funny because I hadn't really thought about it sort of in this way, but it immediately rang true for me. And what I realized is like if I'm feeling stressed or worried, for me, what really calms me down on this very deep level is writing. Mm. And I've noticed that and it's kind of surprising because you would think, well, if you're stressed out, you would want to take it easy or you would want to do something that's not laborious. Like one of the things that I do that's really challenging that I do regularly is the littles. So if you listen yes. on Monday, you know I do the little happiers. These are these short stories. And I spend a lot of time writing these. First of all, I have to have the idea for them, which is a challenge. And then I have yeah. to write this like very succinct thing that has a point and is interesting that you could just listen to. It doesn't have a visual element. So it's very challenging. 
And yet I find that I often come out of the process of working on those feeling like very, very calm. And I've even mm. done it prophylactically. And they're and they're sort of limited too. So it's like you can get in, do something effective and get out. Yes. It's not like some gigantic, it's not like writing a book. There's where, a beginning, middle and end. Yes. Yes. And one sitting. Yeah. But it is me feeling like it is a refuge of a kind. It's soothing to do what I do. But I also thought maybe that was because I'm an upholder and upholders often mm. are comforted by like going back to their habits and keeping their habits. But I actually think it's more about the actual writing and feeling like that's what I do best. That's my favorite thing to do, even when it's really challenging. And so that's what lowers stress for me. How about you, Elizabeth? Can you think of something in your own life like this? Well, if I think about it in terms of work, which is where obviously much of my stress yes, comes from, right. I agree with you. Like, I think as a TV writer, the core to me of, of my job is breaking story, yes. which means figuring out every episode. And I do think that when I'm super stressed or feeling overwhelmed, definitely going into the writer's room and talking to other writers and figuring out an episode and like having a handle on an episode that will calm me down because ultimately like that's, again, I, I kind of feel like my main thing as a writer, it's right. odd that as a TV writer, writing is not the main part of the job. Right. <laughs> other things are bigger and writing takes yeah. up, actual writing takes up less time, but breaking story, that is essential. And right. I do feel like I'm very good at it. Right. So if I think about it, yes, that does calm me down. And also my favorite thing about being a writer is working with the other people. Right. And that also usually includes working with other people. So it has that added bonus. But I think, yes, that I'm good at it is calming, as you say. And Gretchen, this also makes me think of a thing that we talk about all the time, which is action being the antidote to anxiety. Yeah. And yes, if it's something you're good at, it's going to make you even less anxious, but just doing something at all helps with anxiety. Yeah, because I think often, like when I think of that phrase, I often think like, well, if I'm worried about democracy, I'll help register people to vote. And so my action is somehow taking action towards what's worrying me or what my value is. But this is almost like just taking action is an antidote to anxiety. Yes. That like, you know, and I think there is something like that, that even if they're not directly related. And then of course, if like, if like with breaking stories, it comforts you, but then you're also crossing something off your to-do list. So it's, it's yes. comforting it in that. It has many benefits. It has many yes. benefits. But I think there's a lot of things people could, I mean, you and I are talking about things that are related to work and that, it, that, it, yeah. that it, it, we sort of find our stress and our, stress alleviation in the same activity, yeah. which is kind of funny. But I think people could find it in cooking or tennis or inviting people over. Yes. I mean, speaking of the pandemic, yeah. I think that's probably one of the reasons so many people cooked a lot during the pandemic, yes. right? If you're a good cook, yes. for sure, going into the kitchen and cooking or baking is going to make you feel better. Yeah. It just makes sense. Which is maybe why you and I did not cook to feel it better. Probably like, so. It's are... not something we're good at. <laughs> exactly. So let us know if you do try this at home and whether you find that taking the time to do what you do best does help you feel less stressed. And let us know what is that activity for you. It'll be interesting to hear what listeners say. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, go to the show notes. The show notes for this episode are happiercast.com slash 389. And there you will find everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a hack that is both 
very literal and a metaphor. But first, this break. We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the uh, Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretch, we're back with this week's happiness hack, and it comes from your trainer, Mike. Yes, it comes from, so but you and I both do high-intensity strength training. Our parents do it. My in-laws do it. My kids do it. Like, we're big fans of high-intensity strength training. So I was talking to, to Mike, and he was, he mentioned something to me. So Jamie and I both sometimes work out at home because we got into that during COVID, and I've still been doing that quite a bit. And we have a, a set of weights that we can use when we're doing it at home. And Jamie had worked out, and he had not put his, his dumbbells away. So I was putting them back. So for Jamie, these are good exercise. For me, these are really, really, really hard to lift. Yes. And so I was really working to just put them back where they belong. And Mike said to me, hey, be really careful because often when people are injured doing weight training, it's not when they're actually exercising because when you're actually lifting, when you're actually doing the exercise, you tend to be very focused you're using your body very intentionally, like you know what you're doing. He said often when people get injured is when they're at the end of it and so they just let something flop down or like they're lifting their arm over their head and they just let their arm kind of like fall to the side with a heavy weight and it strains their arm. Or like me, so I was going to put this weight away and I, in the way it's hard to explain, they're like hidden behind a, a sofa so people can't see them and so I was like, leaning out, balanced on one leg, leaning out with one arm with this very heavy um, dumbbell and trying to set it down. And even as I was doing it, you know how you catch yourself and you're like, yeah, 
this isn't a good this idea. This isn't good. Yeah. This isn't good. And and I put it down. And so I think he was exactly right. I wasn't thinking of it as like, I am now lifting a very, very heavy weight. Am I doing it in a safe way? I was thinking, I'm putting a weight away. And so I right. wasn't being careful. I wasn't thinking about the mechanics of how my shoulder turned. I was just, I was being careless. I just, I didn't think of it in the same category as this is high intensity training. I need to pay attention. Yeah. So it's like a practical thing. Be careful when you're actually putting a weight away or something else heavy. But also you can say just in life, be careful in moments of transition, yes. right? Because bad things can always happen in moments of transition. Yes. Like if you're moving, yes. that's a time when you could be prone to get into a car accident yes. because your mind is on a million things. And yes. if you're you're starting a new school, yeah. you could get sick because you're not taking care of yourself because you're meeting new people. I mean, it's just all these, it's always a time when it's a good idea to just have an elevated sense of awareness yeah. of your surroundings and what's going on because it's a moment of transition. It's like I'm stressing myself, whether with weights or with my yeah. life, and I'm in a transition mode and I'm very focused on one thing. And so I'm not focusing on other things that could end up being a big problem. Like I know so many people who have like broken their legs or their arms during when they're moving. I, I've noticed that. I'm like, there seems yes. to be something. And I think it is that. I think you're just, you're you're in a transition. You're not paying attention. Or like leaving things behind. You know, leaving. Yes. You, it's always like when people are really, really stressed out. That's they when leave they, their wallet. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. It's funny, Gretchen, because, you know, we get a lot of tips from Mike, your trainer. Yeah. And Anne, my trainer, has the most amazing phrases and metaphors and I need to take a notebook and yes. write them down. I'm always trying to remember them, but it's impossible because I, I get then so drained from right. the workout. So I got to take a notebook and write them down as she says them because there's usually about 20 yeah. per session. Oh, well, you know, I love these. These are proverbs of the professions. You got to, yes. yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. That's my mission. Okay. Yes. So it's to be careful in transition moments when you're carrying a heavy weight. Yes. And now for happiness stumbling block. And this is, I think, a very common happiness stumbling block that has a surprisingly easy solution. Oh, yes. So, Gretchen, people worry a lot because they think they're not drinking enough water. And they can be very hard on themselves about not drinking enough water and spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to drink more water. Yes. And here is the thing. The science shows that you probably do not need to worry about this. Not the way, at least I see a lot of people really, really focusing on it. Now, of course, water is essential for life. So not to minimize the importance of water. But there yeah. seems to be this idea for people that for good health, you need to push yourself to drink water all day long. And that the yeah. more water you drink, you're going to get a lot, there are all these benefits that are going to flow. But in fact, there's been an ex extensive research into the idea that healthy people need to drink lots and lots of water. And it just shows that there is no clear evidence from drinking increased amounts of water, you know, beyond what the body needs. Right. And it's, you don't necessarily need to drink eight glasses yeah. of water a day. I mean, yeah. a lot of it depends on your size. Yeah. What's the temperature yes. outside? How much activity are you doing? How much are you sweating, breathing, your yeah. overall health? 
But like you really can probably just drink when you're thirsty. Yes, this is the thing. Some people think that once you feel thirsty, you're like actually dehydrated. When you feel thirsty, it's like a sign that you need to drink more water. And there doesn't seem to be evidence that like in the United States, people are chronically dehydrated, um, which is something that you hear. One thing that it does seem to be true that if you're in your 70s or you're older, you may need to pay more attention to this because this, this cue of being thirsty doesn't seem to be as active. So in that case, you might want to err on the side of drinking more water. Another thing a lot of people believe is that it doesn't count if you're drinking coffee or tea or milk milk or soda or beer. Those things count towards water. Also, food counts towards water. We get about 20% of our daily fluid through foods. And, and you know, and so, some things are very high in water, like watermelon, spinach, cucumbers. So you're also getting water through what you're eating. Yes. And Gretchen, science shows if you overhydrate, you'll just end up eliminating it. Yeah. So it's 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 not as if your body then uses that water. Yeah, yeah. And if you're drinking too much, it can make you feel, you know, sort of off. It can actually be fatal, like in very, very extremes, which I don't think most people are doing that. But here's the <laughs> thing why I think this matters. Because you could be like, well, you drink, you drink too much water, who cares? You just eliminate it. Yeah. But... Ever since I worked on my book Better Than Before about habit change, I've just been enthralled about talking to people about how they're changing their habits, how they think about their habits, the habits they want, their challenges. And what I've seen over and over is that people have a certain amount of energy and time and effort that they're going to put into habit change. And what I see is that sometimes people put like their super valuable time and, and energy into drinking more water. And, and they do that instead of something that I think that the research would show would probably give them a bigger boost. Like if you were going to say, right. should I drink more water or should I walk for 20 minutes every day? Well, I think you would get a bigger boost from walking for 20 minutes every day. And so is it displacing your efforts towards things that might give you a bigger boost for that time mm -hmm. and energy and effort? It's like a guy I know one time who was like, he didn't exercise. He stayed up super late. He had terrible eating habits. He worked all the time. He never made time for fun. And I was like, what habit are you going to work on? And he's like, I really need to quit chewing gum. Right. And I was like, okay. And, you know, maybe for you, that's the right thing. And I could see an argument, like you change a little thing. And then with that accomplishment, you move forward. Sure. But I think for a lot of people, I would tackle something else because doing right. something like quitting chewing gum is probably going to be surprisingly challenging if that's your habit. Mm -hmm. Maybe start with something like getting enough sleep, um, right. which right. is going to have a bigger overall effect. A little more fundamental. Yes. It is. I mean, I think we've all known uh, so many people whose New Year's resolution is to drink more water. 100%. I mean, it's a very common uh, resolution. They sell all kinds of bottles yeah. Look, to... I sell water uh, bottles too. Like I'll post a link to my water bottles. Like if yeah. you want water, if you're thirsty, if you need a water bottle, like water is good. It's just, you yes. know, to a But point. I'm saying they're water bottles where it's like they change color depending on how much you've you've had oh. to indicate have you made it to your mark oh. and all. Yes. Oh, I no, didn't... it's an industry. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So the bottom line is if you want to drink the water, drink the water. But if it's a happiness stumbling block for you, if you're feeling discouraged or like, why can't I do this? Or I need to really like work, work, work towards this aim. 
Science suggests, eh, you don't need to worry about it. And I, I will post a link to a Scientific American article that sums up the research in this area. Questioners, I know you want to, you want to look at that. So I will put a link in the show notes. Yes. Okay, Gretch, it is time for a listener question. And this comes from Becky. She says, my husband and children love to go to theme slash amusement parks. I do not enjoy them at all. The crowd, lines, price, food, rides, etc. Should I choose the bigger life and go with them even though it feels soul crushing? Is it more important to make the memories and try to reframe it? I think probably this could be a question many people have. I think so. I think it was Jerry Seinfeld who said, there's no such thing as fun for the whole family. Uh, (laughs) Well, I think by calling it soul crushing, uh, she's communicating a pretty high level of of intensity. Because you might say to somebody like, well, maybe you can find a way to enjoy it. Maybe you can look for the things that you really enjoy. But it sounds like she really does not enjoy this. Yes. Amusement parks are especially polarizing, I find. (laughs) There are those who love them, and then there's everybody else who uh, the idea of them is awful to them. One thing, you know, Gretchen, you and I were discussing this, and I I think you could just reframe it as, hey, great time to spend with dad. Yeah. In fact, that's something you and I often went to Worlds of Fun, our local amusement park, with our dad. Yeah. And that's, we have such great memories Mm -hmm. of that being like a dad thing to go to Worlds of Fun together. Right. And I don't think those memories are any less because mom might not have been there. Right. It's just something we did with dad. And we have other memories. There are lots of other things we do with mom. Right, right. So if she's remembering being uncomfortable and bored and hot, I don't think those are memories you necessarily need to make. Right. Well, and also you might be communicating that. Like you're saying like, well, can't we go? Can't we go? And everybody else wants to stay another couple of hours. Right. The memories might not be the memories that you would want. But I, I do think that this points up a, a very interesting tension that's sort of unresolvable. It's just it's just a tension that we face all the time with happiness, which is on the one side, you want to accept yourself. And on the other side, you want to expect more from yourself. And so she's saying, should I accept myself? I don't like I don't like these, this activity. Or do you say I'm going to expect more from myself and really try to push myself? But with something like this. Maybe you're like, oh, maybe it's okay that you just accept yourself. They go off. They have their fun. Maybe you create some kind of tradition around it. Like when they get home, we have, we, I I don't know, there's some special thing that you, we have rainbow ice cream. And, and, and that's kind of like the way she participates in the tradition. Yes. Or maybe she makes a special breakfast. You know, a lot of times when you're going to amusement park, you leave early to get there. Maybe she has this. Every time they go, she sends them off with a special celebratory breakfast. Right. And maybe they could make a thing of talking about the day, their favorite rides, all of that when they get home. So it's sort of like she's participating in it, but she doesn't have to actually go to the park. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't have to participate in every single thing all the time in order to like build those memories. Right. Well, so... As you said, Elizabeth, I think amusement parks are very polarizing, and I'm sure there are other activities like this. It would be great to hear from listeners. Have you faced something like this? Have you come up with your own angle on a shared family activity like this? It's an interesting question. It is. 
Okay, coming up, Gretchen gives herself a demerit that came up over a breakfast sandwich. But first, this break. This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Tell us about this breakfast sandwich incident. Okay, so this is one of these things where somebody did something thoughtful that wasn't exactly mm-hmm. right. So so okay. to set the scene, like every morning I have a chaffle for breakfast, which is an egg and cheese waffle. And I love, love, love my chaffle. But for once, for some reason, one morning I was like, I'm kind of not in the mood for a chaffle as much today as I usually am. But I made my chaffle and I ate it. And then I realized that Jamie had been out really early to exercise and he had come back and he had brought breakfast sandwiches for Eleanor and for me. And I don't eat the bread because, you know, I don't eat, I don't eat that. But I love like the, the, the inside of a breakfast the inside. sandwich. Yeah. And I was like, wait, you you got a, you bought home a breakfast sandwich? He goes, yeah, I thought you might like one. I was like, I would have loved one, but I just made breakfast. And he goes, well, so eat it for lunch. And I'm like, but I wanted to, ha- I would have liked to have it for breakfast. And he's like, well, don't be mad. I was trying to do something thoughtful. And I'm like, but why didn't you just tell me? Like, yeah. I just discovered it sitting on the counter, like in this brown paper. You know, Eleanor, of course, was still fast asleep. So she, she was going to eat hers hours later. And I was like, on the one hand, I'm being really petulant. On the other hand, I'm like, why couldn't you just tell me? And then I did eat it for lunch, and it was delicious, and I was very happy. But I give myself a demerit because I just, I did respond in kind of this bratty way, which is like, why didn't you tell me? Instead of just being like, you know what, for whatever reason, he brought it home, he put it on the counter, he didn't think to tell me, that's fine. So the demerit is for how I behaved, because I did not behave with grace. And the fact is... If you're not grateful when people do thoughtful, considerate things for you, Mm. you, you're just training them not to do thoughtful, considerate things because they can't win. So, yes. And it's just, I want, I want a relationship where everybody's like trying to go out of their ways to do thoughtful things. And sometimes those will sort of go astray. That just happens. So anyway, demerit for me. 
Yeah, I would add, it would have been a good idea for Jamie to let you know the sandwich was there. Again, That's all I'm saying. Like, why not? I, you know, <laughs> mystified. But yeah, yeah, we'll give Jamie a demerit yeah. for that. But I also could have made the point with humor. I could yeah. have been no, funny. No, you didn't have. Yeah. I didn't have to stomp around. No, I'm not taking away your demerit because right. I'm sure you did overreact. But also true, it would have been great yeah. to know. Would have been nice. Would have been nice. <laughs> okay, Elizabeth, gold star. What's your gold star this week? Okay, Gretch, I am giving a gold star to Jack's camp, uh, mm. Gold Arrow. No, gold star for Gold Arrow. Nice. Gold star for Gold Arrow camp. They are the most wonderful people just to deal with. So mm. I feel like whenever you have to call some place and ask a question or, right. you know, a favor, whatever it is, there's so much anxiety because you feel yeah. like, oh, it's going to be a hassle. No one's yeah. going to have the answer. Yeah. They're not going to want to deal with me. I have to leave a and message Jack's, and wait for the it, Yeah. Yes. And Jack's camp is the opposite. It's like it's their every time I call, they're so lovely. They're so enthusiastic. Someone always answers the phone. I had a situation where I messed up his COVID test that I had mm. to do before he went, which you can imagine sent me spiraling right, sure. like, you know, the chicken with the head cut off running yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. And I called the camp and they were like, don't worry about it. Here's what we're going to do. It's fine. This happens all the time. And they just like in any time I've called or emailed them or contacted them in any way, they have just been so lovely. And then it makes me, of course, feel like Jack is in such great hands yeah. because he's with all these wonderful people. Yeah. And so I want to give them a big gold star. Well, I think it matters with any kind of encounters like these. It's such a joy when it is easy and seamless, but especially when your child is involved. Yes. Like having that level of trust, it just yes. makes such a difference in just your attitude about the experience that the child is having. Yes, and he's coming home soon, so I'm excited for that as well. Excellent. Gold star to Gold Arrow Camp. And the resources for this week, an easier way to make every day happier is to subscribe to my free daily Moment of Happiness newsletter five days a week. I share a quotation related to happiness or good habits or human nature. It's designed so that you can take a screenshot and share it if you like the quotation. I love quotations. It makes me so happy to be able to put these out in the world because I have a, like a bazillion of them. You can go to happiercast.com slash preferences. And if you select daily moment of happiness, that's the quotation newsletter. It's free, of course. Also, if you are looking for new books to read, as of course we all are, you can follow me on Goodreads. You can check the hashtag Gretchen Rubin Reads on social media if you want to see my weekly photo of what I've read that week. Or at the end of every month, I post on GretchenRubin.com where I share a quick description or response to every book I've read that month. And it's so fun for me when people say that they have gotten ideas for things they wanted to read from my list. And speaking of what we are reading, Elizabeth, what are you reading this week? <laughs> I am reading From the Moon and Back, A Childhood Under the Influence by Lisa Cohn. And I am reading This Year You Write Your Novel by Walter Mosley. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Take time to do what you do best. Let us know if you tried it, if it helped you feel less stressed, and what was the activity you did. 
Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram, at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend or you could email or text them this episode. That really is how most people discover our show through word of mouth. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So listen, now that we're on YouTube, I feel like everyone gets like a, a, a glimpse into oh, yes. the, the, the clutter of your office. Um, and I'm just, it just makes, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I want to go back. We had so much fun the last oh, time. I need you. I, I need know. you. I know. Desperately. But admit it, though. You're kind of dreading me showing up. It's it's for fun sure. for me. It's not fun for you. <laughs> yes. No, it's absolutely true. Okay. It'll happen. Yes, it will. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.